at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right. Hey, you're live here with Rowdy Maglite, and we're here at Daytona International Speedway getting ready for the Lucas Oil 200, presented by the uh, Menard. And, guys, we're lucky enough to have LeVar Scott. Welcome to the show, LeVar. Uh, LeVar, uh, how did you get a full
actually got to take her over and watch him in practice, and it was it's an unbelievable sight. But uh, we're gonna get focused here. You you're gonna be in the Lucas Oil 200 Saturday doubleheader with the Xfinity also. But uh, how was practice yesterday? Practice was good. We did all of our uh, did all our assignments. Couldn't have done any better. How you feel about qualifying today? Feel okay. I mean, the the, the drawing for qualifying is, is an annoying, annoying deal, but um, it's just part of it, right? And everybody's got to do it. Get that kind of a draw. But really, after this, honestly, we got to uh, coordinate with people in our group and get a good plan so we can get a good fun spot. Well, Raja, I was in uh, Pensacola, Florida. I think it was twenty twenty one. You raced twenty twenty one there. And, you know, one of the things that I observed you doing was uh, kind of being a mentor to, to some folks, some young kids. You, you had one family that come over, and he got in the car before the race. What's that like when you see young kids looking up to you? I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, I feel that responsibility. I'm honored to have that responsibility. Because, I, I mean, I was a kid like that, like not even five years ago. I was, Walking through the cup garages, looking at like drivers, crews, mechanics, owners, stuff. I've walked on TV for years, right? And uh, I have a chance to talk to them. It's awesome. So to, to pay it back in that aspect, I mean, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and paying money. So uh, your plans this year, let's talk a little bit because it gets more exciting than the Arkham and Art series. Yes, sir. So we're full time at Arkham and Art series. Uh, six races in the next uh, Xfinity Series with Alpha Prime Racing. Um, and hopefully find some other good stuff, too. Uh, in the works, but I'm hoping I can uh, race some more things and uh, be in the race car. Uh, Raja, let's talk about uh, people helped you get here. Because, you know, it takes more than just the driver and uh, the guys that get you ready and, and put you on the track. So, I mean, bottom line, I mean, couldn't be here if it wasn't for my pops, for my mom, my little sister, and everybody in my family, my extended family, for um, giving me what I need to do to get in the position to, to race virtually and to get noticed enough to race in real life, um, especially with my family. And then Max Siegel for believing in me, for taking the chance on the iRacing kid, like nobody did, except for Max on this program. And, um, taking the chance to develop me and uh, believing in me as a driver and as a young man. Let me take, we got, hey Chris, is that you? Yes, brother, we're here. All right, you're live. You got uh, Raja Caruth there. Uh, he's yours, Chris, go ahead. You got a question, Chris? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little curious. Um, what made you get into racing? I mean, was it just? How can I say this in a nice way? You just one day woke up and said, "Hey, I want to race cars," or it was, you know, some friends talking you into it, or you know, I'm a little curious. Well, first I was uh, born in Atlanta and raised in DC, so very removed from the world of I, I got interested from getting die-cast from Vintage Cars, and uh, that's really just how it grew up. And so, uh, really, that's how it, my, my love for racing started. It just snowballed as I got older. And, um, I was going to my first race in 2014, and my childhood heroes, and, you know, it's really just amazing that this is what I want to do. I, I missed that last part. Chris, yes, can you hear me? Part. I mean, I missed that last yeah, part. Okay, so ask him another question, Chris. Ask him another question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like how you do that, Rowdy. Oh, my well, goodness, I just finished one show, and then I walk right into another one. Um, what are your thoughts on 
Wow. Now, see, Rowdy, you put me on you put me on blast, and I wasn't even ready for that one. That's not fair. That's not fair. Um, sponsorships. I've noticed that everybody mentions the sponsors at least four or five times during uh, an interview. Is that by habit? Is that by coincidence? Is it? Uh, I know you should plug your your sponsors just like we do when we do uh, a show, but it just it just cracks me up when I see somebody, you know, as soon as the race is over with, no matter where they finish, they thank their sponsors. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's habit, but it, it also is like a pure understanding. Like, we don't, it's not all on our own, right? We're not just driving a car. We're not just setting themselves up, right? And people that want to promote their business but also want to support race teams and racing theories want to, to show our gratitude to them, so... For me, it's not even a habit. It's because I actually believe it, right? It's, it's uh, Max, obviously, my team owner, his business, and, and I recently personally have not only sponsored this program very well, but, but me and support me. And to me, they're not sponsors. They're, they're partners and, and allies. So I'm really appreciative of them and, and countless more. Okay. Okay. I, I, I got you, brother. I'm just trying to... I just needed to, to a clarification so that when I, you know, discuss that with other people, they'll understand it because everybody's been asked. That was one of the questions that was uh, brought up uh, on our way back from uh, Daytona last week. A friend of mine was talking about why is it everybody's always uh, thanking the sponsor, and I'm like, my God, if they're spending money, don't you think you should be thanking them or doing something? I mean, even if it's uh, Aunt Mabel giving out a free pie to, to the guys out there working on the cars. At least thank Aunt Mabel for crying out loud. Well, Raja, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank um, you, Rowdy. I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to watching you race and that double header. So I'm sad. It was awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Looking forward to having you on in Winter Circle. I'm thinking the same thing. That sounds good, Donnie Chris. Winter Circle. Yes, he's got to be in winter circle, and I'll make sure that Aunt Mabel gets a, gets a pie out there to him as well. I, I, I'm sorry about that question. It was just we had something going on here, uh, Chris. Okay, I got another one here. Uh, I got Nick Sanchez coming on, Chris. So uh, we're gonna bring Nick in. I'd like to welcome Nick back to the Rowdy Bag Baglight Show. Welcome, Nick. So, uh, Nick, how does Fill in the dots. What's happened to you last since I last talked to you? So, uh, how was practice yesterday? Uh, it was good. I feel like, you know, we just made a couple changes from the Daytona test and we just wanted to see how, uh, how it worked out. You know, we didn't need too much practice to stop, but, uh, and rail bracing. How do you feel about rail bracing? Yeah, you know, very excited for that coming here. You know, we've done a lot behind the scenes. Uh, better on track and uh, definitely uh, best And wearing the bow tie. Chevrolet? Yeah. That, that's pretty good. I think Chevrolet's been kind of lagging behind. And now to see that you're here. Uh, racing in Arc Menard's main series. How you feel about that this weekend? Yeah, you know, definitely better for the year. Um, you know, we get a lot of experience in the bigger tracks. You know, Chris, you're live with Nick Sanchez. Nick Sanchez, good morning, or, or actually good afternoon, sir. What is this about a bow tie? What is he wearing a bow tie, Rowdy? Is that what he's got? Well, that's a Chevrolet bow tie on the front of that Chevrolet. That Chevrolet. That's history. Oh, there's a bow tie on the car. Oh, well, see, I can't see, Rowdy. I'm trying to visualize this. I hear bow tie, and I, I know it wasn't Botox, so I'm thinking, okay, is, is he wearing a bow tie or anything like that? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a Chevy symbol. It's all over the place here. Chris, I can't I can believe bet- you don't know a bow tie. I- Okay, well, see, I need to be live. I need to be there face to face because these should be laughs, and I'm not getting any laughs. So, okay, anyhow, um, 
What's he, what, what's his racing? What is he racing? Uh, is he racing uh, Arkham Menard or is he racing uh, um, the Arkham Menard series? He'll be in the Lucas Oil 200 tomorrow. Okay, well, good one, good one. So, what do you think your chances are with your uh, Bowtie Chevrolet out there with the uh, Lucas Oil 200? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know we have a really fast car in practice, but you know, there's a lot of things um, other than the fast that go into winning. So, that's the key, and you'll find out last eight years. You'll find out then, I guess. Okay. Rowdy, I'm having some difficulty uh, hearing on this end, so please bear with me. Okay. All right. I'm, Nick, with uh, ARCA already in the fiberglass composite body car, and I should call it a composite car, not fiberglass, because it's like a boat and it's like a fiberglass. But you're in this, this uh, composite car now, and... And Cup is already, this year, they're in the composite car. Do you think you may have a little edge driving a composite car? Um, I guess, you know, starting my career in the Army Series, as far as NASCAR goes, I've never experienced a car. So I guess that's nice going up the ranks. I know truck uh, has a steel body car. Left, but it's going to be in Cup you now, composite like ours. But even you know, the way I race, I don't. I'm not afraid to see them on quarter. I'm not afraid to touch on first touch the quarter panel and pump back out. Um, so I guess the you know, power racing won't change. Well, you know, I've said all along when ARCA come out, I actually got to see them race. They would rub it and scrape it, and, and, you know, usually you're going to bend in the fender and it's going to cut your wheel down, and that's not going to happen this year. What did you think about the duels last night? Yeah, I definitely want to. Very exciting. Well, how do you feel about qualifying today? Yeah, uh, qualifying, you know, in ARCA, big track, kind of weird, you know, being in a group. Um, really have no control over your fate. Um, you know, I drew, I, I drew a group that was more than ideal for some. So uh, we'll kind of see how it plays out. Um, you never know. Well, that's that's part of the racing when you're in that group. It's all in how the draw and the, and the people that that you're in. With that being said, uh, Nick, who you want to give thanks to? Who got you here and, and uh, how you how, how you made it this far? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's been Well, I'm glad, again, I'm glad that Chevrolet and, and uh, Max have hooked up, because that, that, that's going to really work well for Chevrolet in the long run. Fords look fast. Actually, Chevrolet's got to look fast on the first practice here, and then uh, then all of a sudden the, the Fords dominated last night. Yeah. Um, I don't know, they have the front row, maybe the other ones weren't uh, hooked up as much in the pool. But, uh, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a good battle to see. Well, what do you, how do you feel about that next step up to the next finish? Oh, I'm excited. I feel like uh, the, I guess, you know, the aspect of racing in that, in that series is a little more uh, close than Arca. You know, I feel like I'll be able to choose some crowd of cars. So, that's fun. Well, Nick, where can they keep up with you, Polly? Yeah. All right, guys. Nick Sanchez, he's going to be racing in the Lucas Oil 200 here at Daytona International Speedway tomorrow. So uh, tune in and watch, and let's see how Nick finishes up here. Thanks, Nick. As long as he wears a bow tie, he'll win. Trust me on that. At the floor of Bama Lounge A northern boy just soaking in the virtues of the south Driven down from Boston 
FrontTruch.com. Kevin, uh, so I noticed you were doing a bit of pit road work uh, during practice yesterday. What were you kind of, what, what were you trying to learn there? Yeah, well, I just, I, I feel like the the details of the day are, are going to be important, and I just don't want to make a, want to try to be as comfortable as possible because the way that you get into the pit box and, and the things that you do are, are different than than what you did in the old car. So, um, just making sure that I understand the acceleration of the car out of the pit box how far to go before, you know, pit road speed and, and how hard to, to push all those details. So, you know, I think as, as you look at, you're kind of starting over with, with everything um, and, you know, just trying to make sure that we check as many boxes as we can, you know, whether it's as simple as bumping another car, getting in the pit box, out of the pit box, all those things need to be addressed just to, just to make sure that the details are covered to, uh, Try to minimize the mistakes. I think that's that's really what it's going to come down to. Going to go to Steve and then Jordan. Steve Swartz of the Lasco Press. Uh, Kevin, everybody in here today uh, has uh, pretty much conceded the poll to uh, one of the Hendricks uh, cars. Uh, you've won the poll here twice in the summer. Um, can you put a Ford on the front row tonight? I honestly have not looked at the scoring monitor, so I have no idea. I, I honestly, I, that's that's I, I have no clue. I don't even know what lap time we ran <laughs> um, because I just I don't feel like it's it's really matters. Um, we might we might be fast enough to qualify in a poll, but I, I never even asked. So <laughs> I just I concentrated on doing so many little things that I that I never even looked. So it's um, you know maybe go I don't know how to answer that. Sorry. We're going to go to Jordan on the far left. 
Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, talked to a lot of people in the garage about B.J. McLeod, and B.J. seems a driver that maybe is a little unheralded but has a lot of respect among uh, a lot of different drivers for what he does behind the wheel and what he does behind the scenes and everything. I've seen you interact with him a few times. I know you drove for him last year. Um, wondering what that relationship's like, what your impressions of him are. Yeah, so one of my favorites uh, in the garage just because I, I feel like, you know, B.J. is the, the racer's racer. Um, you know, for, for, for me, I... I always stop and, and have great conversation with, with BJ about whatever. It could be, it could really be anything. Uh, you, you never know. Um, but, you know, what, what they've done with their team and, and building the process and building the parts and pieces and how they've gone about things is, you know, is, is trying to build the racing dream, right? And, and all BJ wanted to do was, was win races. And, and, you know, I think at, the, at this particular level, you know, he just – he knows that it's, you know, there's a budget and, you know, a process that has to go with, with everything that, that comes comes along with that. So I think the, you know, the, the thing about a BJ is, is he loves racing. He, he's in racing for, for all the racers reasons and, and, um, you know, creating a successful business at that and, and just good people. That's, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I don't mean this disparagingly, so I'm trying not to come across this way, but you see BJ, he's got the skulls and the metal chain, you know, the big chains and that kind of thing, and he doesn't look like a car owner or even a race car driver. Do you guys ever give him a hard time or anything about that or anything? Not really. You know, I, I think that's the that's the unique part about people who aren't in the garage every day. The, the thing that you have to know about our garage, like there are all walks of life that, that come through come through that garage and and when you're in there week after week after week they're all just people um and they're just part of the the racing family that that comes with with what we do whether it's male female black white white t-shirt black skulls on your t-shirt wh whatever like it's just i just when i see bj i just think of a guy that loves to race and and but it takes it takes everyone to you know to do this and and um you know we're all we're all different in our own unique ways and and um you know bj is just he's just another one of the one another one of the guys in the garage go to daniel daniel mcfadden from stretch.com kevin you and kurt bush you came into the cup series pretty much right around the same time in the early 2000s you guys have, you've been teammates with him before what has it been like for you seeing Kurt in the last few years, like really like kind of embrace having an elder statesman type role within the sport and like taking on a mentorship responsibilities. And like, and right now, how does NASCAR benefit from having Kurt Busch still racing week to week? Yeah. You know, so Kurt's a competitor first off and a, and a really good race car driver and, and one of my favorite teammates just because of the fact that he knows so much about the race car. Um, he's so detailed in his analysis of, of, of things that, that go on that he's whosever team that he is on and he's a, he's an asset and a benefit. And because he can, he'll just, he'll analyze things so deeply and, and, you know, get in there and work on the things that he needs to work on to get better and figure out why, you know, he's not, not where he wants to be or why he is where he is. So, um, but you know, it's, it's Kurt, Kurt is just Kurt. Um, and I think he's obviously mellowed out, but he's just, he's like BJ, right? So, you know, BJ is BJ and Kurt is Kurt and they, they aren't trying to hide anything and, and walk to the, you know, things that they like to do and do the things that they like to do. And, and, um, you know, Kurt has mellowed out a little bit, but you know, when you're in there digging with him every day, you know, there's still that, that same fire and, and, passion that that goes with the, with the sport just controlled differently um you know in the public eye and and you know the the things outside of the race car so he's kurt's just um he's a hardcore racer and um but the the thing that my favorite thing about kurt is how much he knows and will analyze the car do you have a definitive like kurt bush story from your team being your days as a, as a teammate with him not any of that i'd share in here but there's some <laughs> There's some there's some good ones though. We'll go over here to Mark. Uh, Mark Garrow, PRN. I don't know how to follow that one up at all. Whether yeah. he should start to get a shovel and dig deeper. Um, looking ahead at some other races coming up at Phoenix, I was just going over some stats, uh, and 
17 straight top tens at Phoenix for you. Six wins, two runner-ups in there, 12 top fives. It's been a machine, and it's been obviously under different rules packages, different cars. You keep kind of cranking on it. Um, does that does those numbers mean anything to you? Are they a sense of pride? And obviously you've done it again in different cars, and do you anticipate being able to keep that kind of roll going with this next gen? Yeah, I don't pay much attention. I love numbers, but I never pay attention to um, my own for sure. Um, you know, I think as as I go to Phoenix, the expectations are always high. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we set that set that standard as a team to, to go there and, and perform well. We had a good good test there and, you know, feel good about, you know, where we left with, with the car and, and we'll obviously try to be better when we go back. But you know, it's just a it's a it's a place that, that I have a lot of pride in general in just because of the fact that I've gone there for so long. I think the first race I ran there was in nineteen ninety five in a Southwest tour car. So, you know, it's it's been through a couple of um well i guess one reconfiguration and it's just a place that you know i pride myself on on running well at just because i have such a long history of of going there but the flat tracks in general have been have been and i think phoenix is probably the start of that but the i grew up on a lot of flat tracks and and phoenix was always the biggest race of the year um with the southwest tour cars and the uh winston west cars back in in the day when we had had the uh um, you know, the first race of the year out there. So, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's a place that I, I like going to and, and hopefully we, hopefully we can keep that rolling, but it's definitely, definitely, you know, it's a place that it, you know, it means something to, to run good. Would you like the speed run down here for full qualified? You pay no attention to those numbers either? I don't. <laughs> I, I try to stay oblivious to all that stuff just because it just, it feels, it, it just, I don't know. I just feel like when you start looking at, like, I just, the qualifying thing, it's, I don't even know. I honestly don't know what the lap time was yesterday. Uh, just just because I just feel like it's, if we do all the things that we're supposed to do, we'll be in the mix. But, you know, if it's, if it's fast, it's fast. But if it drives right and it will draft well and do the things that it needs to, it's going to be fine once you, once you get to Sunday. So, you know, I try to focus on the, focus on the task at hand. I'm going to go to Jerry, and then we'll go to Matt Baker. Jerry Jordan, KickingTheTires.net. I know this case, I just uh, dropped that they were uh, they picked up uh, Riley uh, earlier today. What what do you look for in a driver when you're when your management company is doing something like that? And are you any hands on with with that at all? Oh yeah, yeah. They probably get tired of me asking questions about the things that happen every day. Um, you know, and I think for in in well, first we're we're happy to have Riley. His his he and his family obviously have a, a long history in racing, um, but there are so many things that that go along with this sport and and being able to be in a position um, like we are from the management side to be able to help Riley uh, navigate the things that that are difficult once you get to a certain spot in in NASCAR racing and you know his is at the Xfinity level right now. And, you know, it's just a, it's a difficult sport to manage because, you know, if things aren't going your way, you can be, you know, beat, beat down so quick from a, from a mental standpoint and, and not really know how to navigate um, the team. And, and so from the, from the management side of things that, you know, I, I feel like we bring a lot of real life uh, experience to a lot of the, the young guys in, in trying to help them navigate their careers and, and teams. Um, you know, we've we've been on the TV side of it. We've been on the team ownership side of it. We've we've got athletes in in other sports. So um, I look at NASCAR as easy. <laughs> you know, that those are the easy ones, just because you know we have so much experience and the same group of people. Um, you know, that we've navigated this sport with for you know a long time, um, two decades with with some of them that are that are in the office. And um, so you know, it's it's. Um, this part's easy. Yeah. You know, I think the other sports are good for us to learn other sanctioning bodies and, and how other athletes tick. Um, but here we've been there, done that, and, um, you know, keep up with the evolution of the sport and feel like we can bring a lot to his career to help him navigate it. Go to Matt. Hey, Kevin. Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, with Eric Amarola getting ready to retire, I'm curious, what's he kind of meant for you as a teammate? Eric's just a, you know, Eric's Eric's one of those guys that that, um, you know, just 
seems to always do the right thing, you know, and, and that's how he presents himself in meetings and in every situation that I've that I've ever seen Eric in is always polite and kind and 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 doing the right things. So um, I think as a competitor, he's obviously you know done a done a great job of of being competitive and doing the things that he wants to do, and and now he's doing what he wants to do at the time that he wants to do that, you know, from the retirement side of things. So, um, but just a, a stand up person and, and, a you know, quality, quality teammate. And, and, but I, I keep going back to this, but just great person. So there's a lot of great, a lot of great people in our garage. Have anything final for Kevin? All right, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Good luck this week. Thanks. All right, without further ado, we have two-time NASCAR Sprint Cup or NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Busch, driver of number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. We'll go ahead and open up to the questions. Is anyone Cool, I'm out. We'll we'll start back here with Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, talking to people in the garage, uh, BJ McLeod, uh, is, it seems like he's one of the more respected drivers out there who's really kind of unheralded a little bit. Wondering what your interaction with BJ is like and what your opinion of BJ is like. Um, I love BJ. I think, um, you know, he's a, a great guy, great individual, um, very kind in his, in his ways. We've had lots of discussions over the course of uh, our time here, his time, um, and we come from somewhat of similar backgrounds with the super late models. Um, he's raced there for a long time, and now he's getting into NASCAR, trying to make his way here and things like that, being a team owner on the Xfinity side, racing and being a team owner now on the Cup Series side as well. So um, just the way he conducts himself, goes about himself on the racetrack as well, too. He's always been very fair, um, you know, always tries to um, – be out of the way uh, as much as possible and just minds his own business per se and and yet what looking out for others while on the racetrack and I've never had any issues with him so I feel like he's he's done a good job and worked a lot and has a lot of self-awareness of uh, of all of the sport okay let's go over here Kyle to your right Dustin Albino jsky.com I'm doing a story on the Monday Night Racing iRacing League um, I'm curious, how much fun do you have competing in that league and then also sponsoring it? Yeah, no, it's been fun. Um, you know, Ford and I, we've known each other for a long time, obviously, and um, he and I, we've, we've had a relationship. And so um, he invited me to join the league a couple of years ago. And um, before um, it kind of took off, I feel like it's taken off a little bit the last couple of years, which has been really cool. We've gotten a lot of guys in there, good guys that race hard and, and run hard for, for wins and stuff like that. So um, double-edged sword for me. Uh, there's better competition, but now I'm getting beat. So, um, you know, but I, I did win a couple times this year, which was cool and, and ran up front a, b a bunch too, when I was able to, to, to chime in. Um, but overall, uh, I enjoy it and being able to sponsor it this year, just put our name on it and, um, have some fun with it, be able to do some giveaways, do some fan interaction and stuff like that on social. So, um, that's, that's been a, a bit of where, um, we've excelled with it. I feel like for, for us and our brand, but, um, you know, the, the season of it now that we're into our NASCAR season, I'm like, man, I kind of wish it was still going. But on the other hand, I'm like, no, I don't, because I know I'm going to get too busy to join in a whole lot. So, uh, looking forward to the next, uh, season that starts up. We'll to Mark. Uh, Mark Carroll, PRN. Kyle, looking ahead to, to Phoenix, coming out of that test, some of the drivers talked about this car being more nimble and being a little bit a car that will turn a little bit better and should be a better short track car. Do you agree Who with that? Who are those guys? <laughs> Name names. Uh, don't have them off the top of my head. Just read some quotes. Wow. All right. No, mine was not that way. So I want to drive their cars. Um, we were not very good at Phoenix, so we definitely struggled there. I would say that was probably our worst test of uh, of this new car. So um, that was a bit of a struggle place for us. I felt like we learned a little bit. Um, of 35 runs, we had three good ones. So the rest of the time we learned what not to do. Um, I, that was just a learning experience. So that's why I wasn't really very optimistic about going to LA because I felt like those two were going to correlate, but we were fast out at LA. So I think some of the stuff that we did learn what not to do helped us for going to LA. So I'm optimistic of going to Phoenix, hopefully, and, and having a better showing than what our test was. 
Okay, let's go over here. Jerry, then Bruce, then Daniel. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires dot net. I didn't wreck you. Uh, <laughs> seriously, being a uh, being a, a Vegas guy, NASCAR has embraced sports betting now with some of their partners, with MGM and and DraftKings and Tentacle and things like that. What are your thoughts on 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 that transition uh, of when it used to be kind of a taboo to talk about sports betting and, and racing and things and and how do you, uh, you know, how do you how do you look at that now? I mean, I'm. I'm all ears. I'm I'm open to it. I wouldn't say I'm any. I don't have any reservations or anything like that to it. I've I've had friends that have bet on NASCAR races for years, um, you know, and have always just kind of told me, you know, hey, I won such and such money on you t today, or thanks for you know winning today, blah blah blah, whatnot. So, um, you know, some friends of mine from years years ago, they put money on me to win the championship in 2015 before I even broke my legs and stuff like that. So when I got hurt, they were like, oh, man, you screwed me this year. You're out. And then it turned around, and I won, and then they won, and they were like, oh, man, thanks, you know. So it's just um, – but obviously with, with our regulations and things like that, being in the sport, being athletes of the sport, we're not allowed to do any of that stuff. So it doesn't really affect me a whole lot. But um, having more um, outside – eyeballs on the sport of sports betters and being a part of NASCAR and seeing who's going to beat who or who's going to win the race. There's so many different ways of bets these days that it's not just as simple as, you know, one or two or three bets. It's hundreds that, that you can choose from. So I think that's uh, very interesting and, um, you know, I think lends itself to a different crowd. Bruce? Bruce Meyer with Speed Sport. Um, you got Brexton now in quarter midgets, and I know that you spent an awful lot of time working with him. What do you do to help him learn racing, and how much do you look at how much he, natural ability that the kid has? Because Will Power told me the other day, this kid's really good. Will Power said that about my kid? Didn't Will Power say he wanted to fight me too, like a couple months ago? Huh? What? Yeah, Miss IndyCar. Yes, please explain. I think it would be post-race fights, but yeah. Gotcha. Just because it would be a bigger name to fight. I gotcha. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Gotcha. All right. Back to Brexton for a second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been really fun to just work with him, uh, to see him. I mean, when we started it, we went three laps down in an eight lap heat race. I mean, it was painful. <laughs> um, but he learned and he just wanted to go to the racetrack and make circles. And it was so frustrating as a dad knowing like, man, I know you can do this. Like, come on, step on the gas. Let's go. Um, to just let him get his bearings and let him get his feet wet and, and to feel it out and understand what it is, what's happening. You know, at five years old, I don't even remember five years old. So for him to just figure out making circles, um, you know, is I can see how that's a bit tough and challenging for someone like that. But now he's he'll turn seven in May, and um, you know, again, still he's very young for his age, and he's doing really well. We're having fun. He's running quarter midgets, junior sprints, um, outlaw carts. We're going across the country. We've got three races out in California when we're there. We got three races out in Phoenix when we're there. We've got, I mean, I built out his schedule. There's a possibility of going to like 80 shows this year, but. We're not going to hit them all. I just put them all on the calendar. Um, so I, I guarantee you he runs 50, 60 races this year at least. But, um, you yeah, know, that's going to be a, a lot for a six-year-old. It is, yeah. It's, it's very good. Well, honestly, he's taught me a little bit too. So as I'm his driver coach and I'm helping him through things and I'm thinking like I'm on the sidelines and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking like what do I need to tell him? How can I explain this to a six-year-old? So when he comes in off the racetrack and we go over stuff and watch film and look at things, I can talk to him about it. Now I'm using that to myself as I'm driving around the racetrack, like, okay, DA, dumbass, um, you know, like, do this, like, look at this differently, like, all right, don't screw this up, like, hey, you need to throw it into the top a little bit higher, like, oh, you missed that corner, that was dumb, you know, and so, like, just certain things in, in that nature, like, I'm talking to myself, driver coaching myself, I feel like a lot more now, so whether that's good or bad, I don't know, we'll find out. I'll have to fire that guy eventually. 
Okay, let's go over here, Daniel. Daniel McFadden, FrenchRush.com. Uh, Kyle, obviously you and your brother, Kurt, worked together briefly in the Xfinity Series about 10 years ago. I'm wondering now that he's, for the brief amount of time he's been under the Toyota roof, how, how, what's the benefit you've seen from him being a part of that organization that maybe you weren't expecting? Nothing yet. Um, no, but seriously, he, we, we've, only, we've only had one race and one meeting, so uh, okay. we, didn't, we haven't had a whole lot yet. But um, so far, like the things that I kind of said, the things that Denny kind of said from our post-race at, at Coliseum, Kurt was online with, with much of that as well, too. Um, you know, he's kind of adding in a little bit of stuff about his experiences of the last couple of years being with the Chevy guys, being with Ganassi and kind of what they were doing and, and how they were going about things. But that's, that's all processes that I think is now completely different than what our current processes are. Cause that was old car. Obviously we're in the new car, a uh, little bit of engine stuff, you know, is a bit different, uh, which TRD, TRD should be leaning on him a lot. Cause he's very, um, um, He's not, he's, well, he's not knowledgeable, but yeah, he just he understands and sees what's happening and how it's happening and kind of explain some of that. So, anyways, yeah. Is there any chance? Daytona has always been huge. So huge, in fact, that it can't be confined to one weekend. No, no, it deserves a whole week, a speed week, with five days of NASCAR level racing, history in the making, and entertainment that's the envy of the nation. Daytona Speed Weeks, presented by Advent Health, February 16th through the 20th. Get your tickets today at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.